Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, the long and short on this motorcycle vest airbag thing, um, it's funny that that just even exists, but they will, if you miss a payment, it won't work. So, it's (laughs) embedded with technology that if you haven't made your payment, you buy it on a subscription. And if you let your subscription la- uh, la- lapse, it doesn't inflate. And it says here it's uh, that um, consumer groups believe that if laws weren't in place in America that man- make it mandatory for seatbelts and a variety of other things to exist, they're almost certain that this would be going on with cars, where you could buy the option for airbags, for instance, and it's uh, $80 a month, or you know, it wouldn't be that much. But you know, you pay however much a year. And but if you don't, if you decide not to pay, oh, it's just like the um, uh, serious radio thing you get in your car. They give sure. it to you free for a couple of for a first year you own your car, but after that you got to pay monthly if you decide not to have it. Fine, so you don't have airbags, you don't have anti lock brakes, you don't have any of these things. Which is well, kind of first a of funny all, idea. don't subscribe to that service. It's garbage. It'll rot your brain. Listen to this show. Uh, yeah, that's that's a crazy model. So like my airbags, my seatbelt. If if like my uh, my credit card is expired, my seatbelt's not going to work. Do I have to subscribe to safety goggles while I'm working on a woodworking project? And and if like the 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 three digit code on the back is wrong, I'm going to get a piece of wood in the eye. What, what kind of world is that? Turn on the shower, ah! scalding hot. Oh, I didn't pay my uh, temperature regulation bill. Oh yeah, it's only one ninety nine a month. You idiot! Why didn't you pay it? Keeps the temperature between reasonable and reasonable, but eh, now you're scalded. And maybe now you'll do recurring payments. Exactly. Yeah, the whole recurring pay, the oh. whole subscription economy. That's how they get you. I got an example of that for later. I'm going to go, stay tuned for that. Oh, man. That's a weird growly noise he's making. He's serious now. Uh, let's see. I don't have my glasses on. What's uh, what's the clip we're going to play about the uh, the border crisis? We're going to talk about NBC taking a look at the border, which is it's weird how stories it used to be the Middle East. Every couple of years, there'd be this really big push for the peace deal in the Middle East and the Palestinians and Israelis, and it'd be the only thing everybody talked about for like... A uh, special envoy has been appointed. Six blah, blah, months, blah, blah. and then it would just go away. Nothing got solved. Nothing changed. It just we got tired of it. And the same thing with the border. Uh, we talked about it every day. So did everybody for a couple of weeks there. It's way worse now, but we got tired of the story. A couple months ago, I remember coming in here and saying there are now 4,000 unaccompanied children at the border. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Well, it's now 25,000 unaccompanied children that we're still keeping in various places, trying to figure out what to do with. NBC decided to take a little look at what's happening at the border. The Biden administration says that Border Patrol processing facilities are no longer as overcrowded, but that doesn't mean that the overall number of migrants is slowing. Law enforcement agencies across this region say they are overwhelmed. Overnight, the frantic flow of migrants was relentless. We were there not with federal Border Patrol agents, but with rangers from the Texas Department of Public Safety. This is what Texas DPS agents say they're seeing more of each and every night. Rafts full of women and children making the dangerous trek across the Rio Grande. They're saying they're having to patrol more of this area because federal resources are stretched so thin. Do you consider what you see here a crisis? It is a crisis. It is. I mean, you see for yourself how easy it is for these smugglers to raft these migrants across. Uh, They have no fear of law enforcement um, because they dump them off. They'll go back to Mexico, bring another group. 
Nearby in Roma, Texas, a simple traffic stop by state troopers led them to this stash house. Right now, authorities are starting to process these migrants. It's not clear how long they had been at this stash house, but there are dozens of them, mostly young men, but a few women and children. Since March, state officials say they've referred more than 28,000 migrants to the federal border patrol. They've also seized more than 5,700 pounds of marijuana, almost 100 pounds of cocaine, and more than a million dollars in currency. That is shocking. It's even more shocking that it's more or less being ignored. I, I wish we'd asked for that clip from a couple of days ago with Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, saying, Listen, I want to send out the message. You will not get in. You will not mm-hmm. get in. What a freaking joke. Hell yes, you'll get in. If you're the least bit clever, or you try twice, or you're a kid, or you got a kid with you, yes, you're getting in. And uh, Good Morning America is going with uh, Family Separated Border Reunited, a touching story of a mother who sees her son for the first time in more than three years because of Trump's evil handling of the border. That's the only attention paid to it. We inherited a totally broken system, uh, broken intentionally, and it takes time to fix it. And by the way, our message is very clear. Don't come. The border is not open. (laughs) You won't get in the border is not open except if you get across you're in and we're not kicking you out so i'd take my shot that's hilarious except that it's sad what are you going to do with a populace that gets its news through such biased and lame brain sources i mean i don't know i don't know there are some days i despair jack i despair i'm sorry to hear that oh it's funny uh this is a little friday this is hung over from cinco de mayo (laughs) <laughs> I'm not. How I, many margaritas did you drink last night? All right, like I, you eight, had the big, eighteen. You had the big sombrero on at one time, and you're dancing around. <laughs> la, 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 la. I was singing those traditional Mexican, but that's the only part I know. Hmm. But eh, it was fun, good time. Well, that story is closely, closely related to this story for reasons we'll explain in a moment, but. CNN's opening is stupid. Let's not get hung up on it, but we'll go ahead and hit it. Remember that pandemic baby boom? Some thought we'd see about nine months after the coronavirus lockdown that swept across the U.S. stupid. <laughs> the whole... The yeah, whole... I know. I know. If you and your wife are together for any period of time, you know what you're going to do. You're going to have another kid. You're clearly going to impregnate her. One, because... All women just are going to have sex whenever they're alone with their husband. And secondly, sure. family planning is such that oh no, we weren't planning on having a kid, but guess we're going to. That's oh, not I the way most you. people do it in the modern world. I remember world. you. I'm married to you. Being home from work reminds me you're a woman and we should have sex and have a child. And we were planning on only having two or none or three or whatever, but let's just have an extra one because I'm here. During the pandemic. Well, as experts predicted, so far it seems to be shaping up to be more of a baby bust. That sentence contradicting the first idiotic sentence, CNN is an embarrassment. But moving on to the actual (laughs) data involved, new data released by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's National Center for Health Statistics. Uh, Give us a glimpse of what's going on. The birth rate in the U.S. fell in the last quarter of 2020 by more than 6% from the same time period the previous year. Now, that's a temporary downturn because and I, I we don't need to explain this to you 
everybody was just feeling weird and and pessimistic and on edge and just uh, pandemic-y. Well, that and I know we had planned ours out. I mean, we had kind of an idea when we were going to uh, have our kids. If this pandemic had hit, I'm sure we would have put it off. Because what are you gonna st- you're gonna get pregnant when you get pregnant you're going to the doctor freaking every other day for nine months um, is that what you want to do as a pregnant woman going to the hospital when we didn't know what was going on with a yeah, no right. of course not of course not yep ah uh, let's see demographers have said a combination of factors fewer births more deaths less immigration we're already combining to slow the nation's population growth and they point out that uh, the trend of declining births and fertility uh, had already been well underway before the pandemic i mean last year there were 3.6 million births in the u.s down four percent from the previous year oh really i didn't know it was down four percent from the previous year why why such a steep drop that's kind of interesting yeah indeed after an increase in 2014 the number of births has declined an average of two percent per year and this is the lowest number of births in the U.S. since 1979. Now, again, CNN is an embarrassment, and they're sloppy. It says the lowest number of births as opposed to the lowest birth rate. I will take them at their word. Um, the actual number of babies being born is lower than 1979 when the population was significantly less. Yeah. I don't believe most people's uh, conclusion as to why we're doing this. I think there's something major and cultural that we don't understand going on, but it's really interesting. Well, affluent societies, yeah, decadent societies, yeah. they do no this. longer striving societies stop reproducing. Yeah. It's just it's just known. I don't know why. I don't know exactly. I think you'd be better off asking a philosopher than a, a, a biologist. Uh-huh. But the reason it's so closely related to that border story is, and most of you know this, I think, but some people don't. Social Security in particular and Medicare, they imagine that, well, I've been contributing to those programs my entire life. And that money is being held, and it's my money, and now it's there for me now that I'm 65. But that's not how it works at all. Every penny I've sent them for Social Security has been spent already. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Current workers pay for current retirees. Your money is long, long gone to the oldsters who come before us. And it's it's essentially a pyramid scheme, which depends on there being a certain ratio of workers to old folks. And, you know, I should have dug up the statistics. I didn't. Uh, it, it, oh, boy. It wasn't too long ago. I mean, I think it was at the inception of Social Security. And I'll get the specific numbers for after after the break. But uh, it was something like, you know, 8, 10 to 1, workers to retirees. And now it's like 2 to 1. It's a much lower ratio. The pyramid scheme is failing because you're not recruiting more suckers. Uh, i.e., we're not having enough babies. We're not having enough young workers. Therefore, what do you do? What are you going to do? You have to up your immigration, but how about you yep. do it on a an orderly fashion? You decide you want how many people you want from where with what skills, as opposed to eh, just whoever comes in is fine. And why don't you say that's what you're doing, and it's why you're doing that? It's because we're lied to consistently. You know, everybody's fond of throwing around the term the big lie lately. It's just uh false cleverness annoys me anyway uh, and i have another great example of that coming up but uh, the big lie because the goebbels used to talk about the big lie nazi germany the big lie trump's hitler it's just it's become this craze to refer to something as the big lie but it's a gigantic lie that our giant bloated social programs can survive as they are but nobody wants to hear about it trump 
Trump fans, I know. I love you. You love you. Uh, Trump did a lot of great stuff. He was utterly irresponsible when it came to social programs. Wouldn't even talk about reforming them. So, all right, whatever. Heading for the cliff. There's all kinds of different people that are not getting the vaccine for a variety of reasons. Um, Also, uh, we ought to at least tip our cap toward this whole Liz Cheney op-ed piece in the... USA Today, I guess she's she's decided she's out of the party. I guess uh, the, the 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 anti-Trump parts of the Republican Party are falling off and coalescing around one idea and uh, heading into the elections next year. Over that, I guess all that stuff on the way. Text line four one five two nine five KFTC. Crawford in the game. The wind first pitch. A swing on line drive. It is caught by the shortstop Barrios. And John Meads has done it in Seattle. He has thrown a no-hitter as the Orioles take down the Mariners six to nothing. John Meads and today, a day that John Meads will never forget. Cinco de Mayo, a no-hitter for Meads as the Orioles come rushing out of the dugout, out of the bullpen. Hugs all around. All right. Means has done it. He has thrown. Congratulations! I heard that the first time. Congratulations to him. That's that's good. That's fantastic. The end justified means, if you will. My app, my no hitter app, it came through and flight. I got the alert. I flipped on MLB Network. I watched the ninth inning. Oh, fun. that's a pretty handy app. That app's yeah. been paying dividends for you. That's like the second one you caught, right? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it. Love it. Love the baseball. So Robert Gates is out with a new book, former Secretary of Defense and CIA director. He was SecDef under war criminal George Bush and Nobel Peace Prize winner Barack Obama. Hmm. It's as if both of those monikers are ridiculous. <laughs> Although Bush did make some pretty serious missteps. But anyway, let's not relitigate that. Um, uh, but uh, the most interesting thing is, um, so he kind of famously said this in, in his last book, because he's got a new book out. In his last book, he said, uh, Joe Biden is a great guy. Everybody, I love Joe Biden. Everybody likes Joe Biden. But he's been wrong about every foreign policy situation of his lifetime. And he uh, he's being asked about that now as he's on the book trail. And he's he's reiterating it and not softening it at all. <laughs> no. That, that Joe Biden has been wrong about every foreign policy situation. Uh, that he's been involved with, including being the only one in that famous picture of the Bin Laden raid. He was the only one when they all got together and had a vote on whether or not we should go forward with this. He was the only no vote, which is kind of interesting. Wow. I, I don't hold that against him, um, but the overall uh, assessment by Robert Gates that he's wrong, has been wrong on everything, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's something. Yeah, especially from a guy as even-keeled as Gates. Yeah. Even-handed. As we head into what could be... I mean, right now, the Joe Biden presidency looks like it's going to be remembered for this major transformation of America and its domestic policies. And I'll, I'll read more from those Wall Street Journal pieces. Just 
they 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 can't they seem to be like grabbing the country by their sh- shirt and trying to say pay attention this is huge Good. this is really really a big deal what we're about to do here but anyway i was going to say uh, joe biden it seems like right now be remembered for that we could have a number of foreign policy things pop up Nobody will even remember this stuff. Yeah, and uh, I don't have a lot of faith in uh, Biden's ability to even uh, draw judgments because of his age at this point. Boy, Never, right. so, when he was in his prime, he was terrible. Huh. Yeah, I just I found that pretty striking. So uh, dug up the, the actual statistics, uh, the ratios of workers to retirees and Social Security. And the first couple of years of the program, uh, really, they're not useful because there were so few people enrolled. But once it settled into a groove in around 1960, we'll give it 20 years to settle down. It was 5.1 workers uh, per retiree. Um uh, by 1965, it was 4.0, then 3.7. Then it settled into between 3.2 workers per retiree. Uh, to 3.4 for a long time. But in the 2000s, it started to edge downward to the point where it's just three workers per retiree in, uh, 19, I'm sorry, 2009. 2010, it's 2.9, 2.9, 2.9, 2.8. And they don't have very recent numbers for some reason, but we're barely at two and a half workers now, uh, per retiree. And it's shrinking, and it's shrinking in a big hurry. That's why both parties are fine with rampant immigration, illegal or legal. It's a pyramid scheme. So Trump had a new Twitter account and got booted off again? Is that the way it's working here? That's what I understand. We can talk about that. Um, also, we might have one of those murder mysteries that catch America's attention and we all pay attention to for a while. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, Rosie, come on, be brave. The vaccine is not any highway. And against COVID, it will protect. Singapore, don't wear a sea. It's in English. Why is it in English? Singapore, get your shot. I don't they speak a lot of English in Singapore. Okay. That's a little disco vaccine PSA. That song's a bopper. I like that. I had just <laughs> broken a sweat, Michael, and you turned it down. I was digging it. You know, I was not going to get the vaccine until I heard that song. Now I'm running to my local pharmacy. Singapore! Come on, be brave. The vaccine is not any highway. And against COVID, it will protect Singapore. Don't wait. I gotta look into the old uh, pitch correct there and uh, the uh, auto tune. <laughs> Singapore. Against the COVID, it will protect. There is a non zero chance that it actually becomes a club banger in yeah. the, in the uh, we're all back out yep. together sort of I, thing, in like a meme kind yeah, of non serious way. Yeah. Somebody's going to get a hold of it and like mix it and make it longer. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's what'll happen. Singapore! <laughs> get that shot. So uh, this is a good one from uh, the Atlantic, long article from the Atlantic called The Liberals. But you repeat yourself. Yeah, they're all long. The Liberals Who Can't Quit Lockdown by Emma Green. I'll read from this. And I live this very experience in the town I'm most closely uh, associated with. Lurking among the jubilant Americans venturing back out to bars and planning their summer wedding travel is a different group. 
Liberals who aren't quite ready to let go of pandemic restrictions. For this subset, diligence against COVID-19 remains an expression of political identity, even when that means overestimating the disease's risks or setting limits far more strict than what public health guidelines permit. In surveys, Democrats express more worry about the pandemic than Republicans do. Last year, when the pandemic was raging and scientists and public health officials were, were still trying to understand how the virus spread, extreme care was warranted. Some conservatives refused to wear masks or stay home because of skepticism about the severity of the disease or a refusal to give up their freedoms. But this is a different story about how progressives who stressed the scientific evidence and then veered away from it. For many progressives, extreme vigilance was in part about opposing Donald Trump. As we talked about a lot. We noticed. Some of this reaction was born of deeply felt frustration. It could also be knee-jerk. If Trump said, keep schools open, then, well, we're going to do everything in our power to keep schools closed. The spring of 2021 is different than the spring of 2020, though. Scientists know a lot more about COVID and how it spreads and how it doesn't. Public health advice is shifting. Progressives have not updated their behavior based on the new information. This is from The Atlantic. Yeah, I know it. I, I happen to read this article. It's great. And Pro- it's so revealing. Progressives have not updated their behavior based on new information. And in their eagerness to protect themselves and others, they may be underestimating other costs. Even as scientific knowledge of COVID-19 has increased, some progressives have continued to embrace policies and behaviors that aren't supported by evidence, such as banning access to playgrounds, closing beaches, and refusing to reopen schools for in-person learning. Even as the very effective COVID-19 vaccines have become widely accessible, many progressives continue to listen to voices preaching caution over relaxation. Scientists, academics, and writers who have argued that some very low-risk activities are worth doing as vaccination rates rise, even if the risk of exposure is not zero, have faced intense backlash. I think we talked about this one earlier. After Emily Oster... An economist at Brown University argued in The Atlantic in March that families should plan to take their kids on trips and see friends and relatives this summer. A reader sent an email to her supervisors at the university suggesting that Oster be promoted to a leadership role in the field of genocide encouragement. Is that a field? (laughs) Far too many people are not dying in our current global pandemic and far too many children are not yet infected, the reader wrote. With the upcoming consequences of global warming about to be felt by a wholly unprepared worldwide community, I believe the time is right to get young scholars ready to follow in Dr. Oster's footsteps and share the most uncomfortable places to be white and upper middle class. Oh, for God's sake. Hey, you people who, uh, I'm reminded of the fact that, and I was just reading about uh, school quarantines, if one little kid pops up with the COVID, do you shut it down? Who has to stay home for how yeah. long? That's evolving rapidly. They handle I mean, it at my th- school very, very well so far every time something pops up. And in every instance, and this is in the liberal WAPO, if you'll excuse the tangent, um, in every instance, they're loosening the standard. They're saying, all right, now really, as long as you're not within six feet or even three feet for 15 minutes, you're fine. Stay at school. We'll test you next week. Mm. You'll be fine. So it's really moving rapidly in that direction. Keeping in mind that Cal Cal Unicornia is still 50th in the nation in getting kids back to school (laughs) live. It's just unbelievable. But I just want to make the point, some of my progressive friends who are still keeping kids out of school, and it's really because Donald Trump said you should put the kids in school, you understand that he is calling your tune, right? That that he is manipulating you. If you do the opposite of what Trump said, just reflexively, you're dancing at the end of his chain. How do you not get that?
Anyway, back to the well, article. My sense from living in a town that's like this, that there's a competition among a number of towns to kind of be the, like the last ones that open up. There's some pride in that. That's using, weird. Using this example here, going on in the Atlantic, consider the experience of Somerville, Massachusetts, which would be very much like the town I live in. Uh, the kind of community where residents proudly display yard signs declaring, in this house, we believe science is real. As towns around Somerville began going back to in-person school in the fall, Mayor Joseph Curitone and other Somerville leaders delayed a return to in-person learning. A group of moms, including scientists, pediatricians, and doctors treating COVID-19 patients, began to feel frustrated that Somerville schools weren't welcoming back students. They considered themselves progressive and believed that they understood teachers' worries about getting sick, but they saw the city's proposed safety measures as nonsensical and unscientific, a sort of hygiene theater that prioritized the appearance of protection over getting kids back to the classrooms. Wow, that's good writing. I've been living that experience. It's some weird expression of well, I don't even know it's too too complicated psychologically for me to to actually figure out why there is this competition particularly it's like university towns where it's like we no no we're still way locked down because we're you can't exactly say smarter because the science doesn't back it it's right uh, it's it's a part of it is a worshipfulness of safety that you generally see among progressives. That's part of it, yeah. Plus the the anti-Trump thing and uh, I don't I don't know. Plus the you know the the denial hyperconservatives don't want to wear a mask so you've got to wear a mask for the rest of your life and the rest of it it's it's you're right it's psychologically kind of a, a rich stew of factors. Back to the Atlantic article. I do enjoy a rich stew. I do too. Not uh, really this time of year. Nah, I'll eat it anytime. Okay. Um, Seasonal I, food. Yeah. What? What is that? You're not allowed to comment on food. That is eat, a rule. I would eat a rich stew with a hot cup of coffee on a 100-degree day and be very happy about that. <laughs> That's perverse. <laughs> Let me finish off this article. Back to Somerville, where the they have yard signs that say, We believe in science. Yeah, then, except you don't. You believe it when it's convenient. And then keep their schools closed while everybody else is open and fine. Months slipped by and evidence mounted that schools could reopen safely. In Somerville, a local leader appeared to describe parents who wanted a faster return to in-person instruction as effing white parents. In a virtual public meeting, a community member accused the group of mothers advocating for schools to reopen of being motivated by white supremacy. I spent spent four years fighting Trump because he was anti-science, Daniel Lantig, a Somerville mom and engineering professor, said. I spent the last year fighting people who I normally would agree with desperately trying to inject science into school reopening and completely failed. <laughs> it's got to be very frustrating. In March, an unpronounceable name, the Democratic Socialist State Representative for Somerville, compared the plight of teachers to that of Amazon workers and meatpackers and described the return to in-person classes as part of a push in a neoliberal society to ensure over and above the well-being of educators that our kids are getting a competitive education compared to other suburban schools. She later asked the socialist blog that ran her comments to remove that quote because so many parents found her statements offensive. Ha! You know, this is leading to, and I'm not sure we'll get to it this hour, but perhaps next hour, and if you don't get next hour, get it at armstrongandgatey.com in the on-demand podcast. Jonah Goldberg wrote a brilliant piece about... Oh, it's hard to describe um, about a radio show he'd heard, and he really gets to the heart of what we're asking. Why are people like this? What is this attitude? And he explains it pretty well. Okay. Uh, so we'll get to that in a bit. Again, the headline of that or the title of that thing I read was the liberals who can't quit lockdown. And I'm uh, 
I'm uh, f- aware of several that are friends of mine that are just still living like it's the middle of last summer. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. And, and like nothing has been learned. Yeah, and like we don't know any more about it, and there's no right. vaccine, so, you know, oof, it's bad out yeah. there. Yeah, I think part of it's people, and we talked about this a lot uh, in the early days of the Trump administration where everybody was making these idiotic outlandish claims about the new Hitler and we're going to lose our democracy and the rest of it. People like being afraid because then they can band together and get a feeling of community. You don't really get in the modern world. We're too separate. We're too plugged into our screens or whatever. People like being afraid. And, and banding together, it makes them feel good. You know, Sebastian Younger wrote about it in, in his book, Tribe. People hit by a hurricane. And those days after, when everybody shared and helped each other rebuild, that's the best times of their life uh, after a disaster. And I think people are longing for that. And they, 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 COVID is somehow giving it to them. But it can only work if they act as if they're still under dire threat every second of the day. I think that may be part of it. Do you remember when we used to get hooked as a nation on a murder mystery? It's like an episode of 2020 or something, Dateline. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole country would follow Scott Peterson or uh, who are some of the others? O.J. O.J., O.J., obviously, yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, there was one I was going to bring to your attention. Dang it, I'm just not quite fast enough because Good Morning America has got it today. So they think this one might turn into something. We'll let you know about it in case you want to be on the front edge of following this story, among other things we can have for you coming up. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A twist in the case of a missing Colorado mom, Suzanne Morphew, went missing last Mother's Day. Now, almost a year later, her husband is under arrest for her murder. T.J. Holmes is here now with that story for us. Good morning, T.J. Robin, this is an American crime story that follows what sadly feels like a familiar script. Woman goes missing. Husband gets in front of a camera and makes an emotional plea for her return. And then that husband is arrested for her murder. This. Yep, there you go. And it's almost exactly a year later. She disappeared Mother's Day last year. This Colorado woman. So oh, the only reason I bring this up, because this kind of thing happens, unfortunately, on uh, a fairly regular basis. I just have a feeling that we might be in the right lull in the news cycle and tired of a certain sort of thing that this turns into a Scott Peterson-style national story that people kind of follow in the trial and all that. Her husband was arrested yesterday. He had gone before cameras there in Colorado and, you know, and tearfully plead for help and started to go fund me and, uh, and, and worked with the various search operations. They found her bike uh, near a bridge, hmm. have never found her body. He was out of town on a business trip at the time. There's not a lot of information out there uh, over why the um, uh, the cops nabbed him yesterday and arrested him, but he, the, the the sheriff was asked, Are you, you're pretty confident you can get a conviction here? He said, I wouldn't have arrested him if I wasn't confident I could get a conviction. They have something. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I just I read an analysis of how strong the case w- is without a body because they don't have a body yet, but I, I don't know any of the facts. So he was out of town at the time? So what, did he hire somebody or what? 
Well, he claimed he was out of town on a business trip. Uh, oh, he claimed. Uh, whether he was or not, I don't know. And I don't know if they've nailed that down or not. i got to believe the sheriff's put a lot of effort into that. But, I mean, he he was um, part of the reason it gets lots of attention. They're both, they, 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 they look like a magazine cover. He's like a really buff, blonde, highlights hair dude, you know, and she looks like a model. And uh, so that gets a certain amount of attention. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter if homely people get murdered. Everybody knows that. Yeah. It's just hot people. Yeah, so I don't know. This might turn into one of those, and thought I'd let you be on the front end of it so you already know when your friends bring it up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I do enjoy a good murder mystery. How? I think human beings do because we have a, a we yearn for justice. Yeah. I would. F- my I've never looked into it because I'm not a lunatic. You'd have to be crazy to do this sort of thing and, and evil and horribly violent. But um, I just would think in the modern world, I could easily see how... 80 years ago, you thought you could get away with this. I don't mm-hmm. understand how you'd think you could get away with it now. I mean, pre-DNA and, you know, f- phone records and really even fingerprints or anything. Cell phone I, tracking. Cell phone tracking. All kinds of different reasons why I, it, it would have been practically I'm practically effortless to get away with 80 years ago. Or even 50 years ago. Maybe even 40 years ago. But now, why would you think you could pull this? The tiniest speck of blood or hair fiber or something like that in your car, mm-hmm. and you're done. Well, a lot of the people who do try to do this are, are sociopaths, psychopaths, the True. narcissists True. Uh, who who just they get off on it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I agree completely. I mean, if Google, well, the funny thing is Google and Mark Zuckerberg, they know whether the guy did it or not because they know where he's been every second of his life unless he, he had the good sense to leave his phone at home. Yeah, well, yeah, there, there's like a, a dozen different things that know more about you than anybody possibly could have 50 years ago. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, all that information is out there. And also the the psychology of a guy who, if he did kill her, and then you are able to do the tearful GoFundMe, lead the search parties as you, you know, all walk together side by side through the woods trying to find any trace of her body and all that sort of yeah. stuff. And T- Turns out they all do that. That's one of the things that cops, I don't want to give away any trade secrets, but the whole, I want to make sure I'm above reproach and nobody thinks of me. I'm going to make a big show of, uh, you know, wanting to find her and, and so it'd be more attracting common, volunteers. So for an innocent guy... You know, some scumbag abducted your wife and killed her. You're more likely to not work with the search party. I could see that. I don't know if I'd say that. Uh, and I'm just going on what I just read. But I will tell you that, uh, you know, going on the search and starting the GoFundMe page and drawing volunteers together and making a tearful speech, that does nothing to clear you. Because the cops have seen plenty of guys who killed their wives think, oh, that's huh. what i got to do so I look innocent. It's it's all you know it's funny it's like a stupid example but roughly 1543 times uh during my career somebody's made a you got a face for radio or I got a face for radio or whatever everybody thinks they're the first to think of it right <laughs> and, and and people who do something for a living like cops they're not impressed they've seen that a dozen times that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I wonder what their evidence is. I haven't really dug I don't into know. It. That is going to be for it to catch on as a murder mystery, there has to be some drama to it, right? I mean, if it's open and shut, that's not much of a mystery. 
Yeah, I don't think it's open and shut. She's been missing for a year, I think. Yeah, Mother's Day last year. So uh, the Scott Peterson thing, you know, that one was so interesting because most people thought he did it, but there was like not enough proof and everything. If you don't remember that one as a guy who killed his pregnant wife and took her out on a boat, her body out on a boat, apparently. Not until young Amber Fry came Oh, that's right. And said, hey, he said all sorts of weird stuff to me. I think he did it. And, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Well. And uh, then, of course, there was the unfortunate Gary Condit situation. Congressperson from California, his uh, intern who is having an affair with disappeared. Turned right. out he didn't do it. Joe, Joe, some, the some other. people, <laughs> broadcast reports, leapt to various judgments that later turned out to be stated slightly flawed. Stated fairly emphatically that he was guilty. <laughs> Anybody I, with I two eyes could see that. I do not recall. Turns that. out he had nothing to do with her death, and another guy is in prison for it. Oh boy! Well, and again, unfortunate. Uh, how much time do we have? Not much, almost none. Oh, uh, we have a minute. So I, I made reference to this uh, a while ago. It's beginning to drive me crazy. I'll give you an example. Bill and Melinda Gates. That's uh, uh, a fairly typical divorce, but. Divorce rates among couples over 50, sometimes called gray divorce, have risen despite... Ah. Nobody's ever called it that. Oh, here. Indoor (laughs) cycling mistakes. Indoor cycling mistakes are causing a Peloton pandemic. (laughs) Do we have to... Some call it green dreaming. Does everything have to have a cutesy name? Just tell me what it is. Seem to be an increasing birth rate among older moms. Some are calling it wrinkle birthing or whatever. No, with the god darn cutesy name. Sorry to drop the G bomb there, folks. I just, I just the, the cable news always got to have the, the 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 cute name. If you didn't catch this hour, the whole thing, get it on the podcast or next hour at ArmstrongandGetty.com. Get the whole show. Armstrong and Getty.